everybody's tuning in already. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, AMG Social Hour. I am your host, Format, alongside with Kuzi and with our special guest, Anthony Kingdom Soldier, um, who happens to be our boss and watches over everything that we do. So <laughs> we might be a little bit on, on the uh, on the brown nosing side of things this week, but it's all good. Um one thing I also wanted to end up sharing for everybody tuning in, if you guys haven't done so already, make sure you head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever streaming platforms you do love to listen to, and check out AMG yeah. Spaces there. Um, you could catch yeah. all of our previous episodes from us alongside with our guest, Kingdom Soldier, uh, with Bridging the Gap. So make sure you go ahead and do that. And for everybody tuning in live, please make sure to hit that little plus sign on the bottom right-hand corner. <laughs> And share this Twitter space with all of your friends and loved ones. But we appreciate you guys. But uh, yeah, to kick things off, Kuzi, go on right ahead. Yeah, first I want to give a huge props to Jeff because he's been practicing the intro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this has definitely been the smoothest one yet. So real nice because I would not be able to do that. Um, but super excited for this call. Uh, you know, we, we get to work with you, Anthony, literally. Every, every single day, day. sometimes yeah. it, sometimes it's a little annoying but we'll we'll leave that for another conversation <laughs> but we never really get to tap into the more intimate uh personal uh right you know stuff about you and and really excited to really get to know you a bit more in the audience uh to know you because you should be known more it, you are a, a pivotal piece um here at amg but also in this industry as a whole uh, and it should be known who who you know who Kingdom Soldier is a lot more. So Appreciate just that, to start, man. Anthony, if you want, just give your you know uh, give the people a little rundown about who you are, where you started from. Um, oh, geez. And yeah. <laughs> um, well, I turn forty two tomorrow, so this could be a very long story. Forty five. Um, but uh, no, I uh, in in terms of gaming, um, I I started playing video games in probably 2000 well no i started playing video games when i was a kid of course but then i got serious about it in i think it was like 2001 um, when xbox came out and i got halo early with my brother and we just no lifed halo for three days straight we locked ourselves in a room my mom fed us and uh, she had worked with microsoft so we got like an early xbox and an early halo and there was no content back then we probably would have had millions of views but um, YouTube wasn't a big thing. Like none of, you know, there was barely smartphones in 2001, shockingly. Um, but I, uh, I played that game and I was hooked on FPS and, uh, I didn't play call of duty until, uh, modern warfare two, because I was a halo head. And so I like call of duty was like the enemy back then. It was, it was, it was like the, you know, you would get killed so fast as a Halo player that most Halo players didn't like Call of Duty because the time to kill was so quick. You couldn't even peek over a head glitch and without dying. Mm -hmm. In Halo, you could jump around, you could hide, you know, like stuff like that. And so um, you could actually take a nade in Halo and keep running, you know. Yeah. And so I uh, found my way to Call of Duty and I didn't like it. Uh, COD 4, I kept dying, so I stopped playing and then I stuck to Halo. And then I think it was Halo ODST. Actually, I was just talking about this on Twitter. How that was my least favorite Halo title because horrible. Well, they took away dual wielding. Like, <laughs> yeah. how do you go backwards? Like, <laughs> you 
you bring out Halo 2 and everybody's excited. Like, you get to use two weapons and all this <laughs> stuff. Like, I can have a Needler in one hand and an SMG in the other. And then literally they got rid of that functionality in ODST. And I tried my hardest to play the campaign. But I was just so frustrated that I had a whole campaign on Halo 2 where I could use two weapons. And it was like this huge, great feature. And then they got rid of it in ODST. So I, at that point, tried Modern Warfare 2, fell in love with it, fell in love with sniping. Um, and then I played Modern Warfare 2, and I played Modern Warfare 3. is probably one of my favorite titles of all time. Um, but when I played Black Ops 2, I started doing YouTube videos. Um, at this point, I think I have uploaded... <laughs> over 700 YouTube videos. I'm sure there's an easy way to know that, but I think I've done over 700 YouTube videos. Um, and I started by just doing gameplay. You know, like my first couple of videos were just gameplay. Then I did a Halo video where I actually talked. Um, and I mean, there was a day where I had stopped creating content, but I made a video about Nadeshot and I had stopped creating content. And I've told this story a number of times in different avenues, but I made a video about Nate shot. Um, he found it somehow liked it and wound up um, promoting the video. And I, during my break, I, I was just like, let me just look at my YouTube. And I had taken a month off and I looked at my YouTube and I was like, why do I have 3000 more subscribers? And then I went to my Twitter and I had like 2000 more followers and what had happened is after Nadeshot posted that video, um, it got a lot of attention because this was back in the day when your YouTube would show like who who you liked and your likes were listed on your YouTube channel, which I think was really cool back then because um, you could see who your favorite YouTuber was watching on YouTube. Um, so all these people followed me, subscribed to me, and then I was like, wait, maybe there's a market for talking about competitive Call of Duty. So I started talking about esports and um, I I really blew up when... I made a video in my closet. It's still on my channel. It was called Optic Gaming Blacklisted or something like that. And every nine Optic members tweeted out that they loved my content that day because they were so pissed about this blacklisting <laughs> that the other teams were doing against them. And that was the day that I became known. And ever since then, you know, like um, Optic Hex, the leader of, of Optic Gaming, really, he became a friend. He gave me good advice. He told me to start a podcast and I did. And it became the most watched, you know, news piece in all of Call of Duty esports for a number of years um, through the Ghost years, uh, Advanced Warfare. Um, and I kind of followed that and stayed in esports. And then I left and then I came back. Um, and when I came back, I didn't have a console at the time anymore because um, I was playing way too many video games and I had young kids and I really want to focus on my kids. And so I came back after a couple of years and I focused on mobile. I just was like, I became a mobile gamer. COD Mobile dropped, changed everything for me. Um, and I wanted to get a job back in um, gaming when COVID started. And I worked for four months to get a job at G Fuel. I got a job at G Fuel as a partnerships manager. I built out their entire mobile gaming you know, division. Um, I signed like 45 mobile gamers, uh, including 15 people, I believe, at AMG. Um, well, it was nine before I came over to work yeah. at AMG. So I signed like nine people, signed Tribe Gaming, a whole bunch of other, you know, I signed Omen back when they were a thing and Bobby and Noah and all those guys. And um, I 
wanted to grow. I wanted to be a leader. You know, I, I leadership is something that's always been in my life. I didn't mention, but before all of that, you know, for 20 years, um, I was a youth pastor and executive pastor, and then I pastored my own church and I learned a lot about leadership, you know, and I went to leadership school and um, leadership became something that I always wanted to be a part of my life. I was a Starbucks store manager for six years and I was very successful with that. And I wanted to lead and G Fuel didn't have those opportunities. So um, I got on the phone one day with Lance, uh, AKA Power Bang, the CEO of AMG. And he said, hey, um, you know, or I asked him, I said, what's the difference between what I do and what you do? And I think he got wind that I was actually trying to look for a job. I got in a call with him and Tim two days later on Saturday, and they offered me a job on the spot, on the call. And I came over to AMG as director of talent. Um, I did spend a year at G Fuel, and then I came over to AMG as director of talent uh, about a year and a half ago. And uh, since then, I've been uh, director of sales, <laughs> senior director of client services, and now I'm senior director of talent. Um, and I help run our legal and I help, I'm daughter of senior leadership. So I help guide the whole company, you know, I help with, uh, high level decisions on what direction we're going to take the company and, um, the type of talent we're going to sign. And, you know, we've grown immensely, um, since I've been at the company, um, in every area, the talent team and sales team was four people when I got here that included Kuzi that's on this call. Um, and you know, I'm just blessed to be in the position that I'm in. I think we've hired nine people that I've recommended to the company and including Jeff, <laughs> that is the co-host of this space, um, who's a friend of mine from my days playing guns of boom <laughs> in mobile. Youth. Um, yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, like I am like abundantly grateful that I've been able to use everything I've learned throughout my life. Yeah. for this job. And that's what I really feel like is like, you know, I just came back from <laughs> PAX West where I was able to take my kids and I posted a picture of it on my Twitter, but like to take my kids, it's a, it, it hits different when you can take your kids to a gaming convention and instead of them telling you what's going on, and they definitely knew some games that I didn't know, um, but I was able to tell them stuff. I was able to, you know, talk to them about developers and games and what's coming out and what they should look for and um, you know, I had a couple of people that I ended up talking to. We went over to the Brawl Stars event and me and my kids used to play Brawl together and um, we watched Stamina beat Tribe. And, you know, it was like it was just a uh, it was an it was an amazing experience for me as a dad uh, yeah. just to to be an expert in something that my kids are so excited about and passionate about, you know, and, you know, I still live today to help our company grow um without sacrificing our culture you know and the way we treat people the way we treat our clients our talent and each other and that's like my main objective at the company so i you, first you have a, a just a, a giant list of of accomplishments and, and stuff like that i really want to tap into when you were uh in your life as a pastor i i really want to see was there any leadership traits that you took from that that you still use today uh yes probably almost 90 percent of yeah what i do um one of the things like when it comes to one of the most ambiguous terms in leadership and in growing companies is culture like you know yeah. i've always believed and it's something i learned i read a book on it um is that culture is you know 
it's created by by design or by default. Every single company, every family, every relationship, everything that exists that has more than one person in it has a culture. And the culture is either going to be created by design, like you you plan for it, you make it happen, you want it to happen, you identify your your um, your values and your mission and all that stuff, and you outline it, and you walk accordingly, you know, and you call people out and you give people feedback when they're not walking according to your culture. And you have to fire people that are not willing to walk according to your culture. And you, at the same, you can do it in a way where it's designed, where it's literally like, we want our company to be like this. We want our image to be like this. We want people to relate to us like this. So we need to make sure that the, that we line up with these values. Um, Or a culture can be created by default, which means like, you just work, you make money and you see what happens. And and more often than not, companies end up not how they want to be. And when I was in the church world, like it was really important to define the culture of whatever team I was leading. You know, if Mm -hmm. it was, you know, when I was a youth pastor, it was like, okay, so like realistically, how do we want to engage with kids? And one of the things was like, you can't disrespect or there's no PDA in the youth service, you know, so no holding hands and kissing in the back of the room and all that kind of stuff with kids. Um, and so we had to hold to those rules and we had to, you know, call people out when they violated it or whatever. And, you know, that quality of how to define culture, um, I definitely took from that time of my life uh, to now. Um, and then also just like overall, uh, treating people how you would want to be treated if you were in their same situation, which isn't always easy um, because we're you know, like right now I, I work for a business, you know, and the goal when I was in the church world, the goal was not to make money. That was not the goal of the church. It was to have an impact on people and a positive impact that changed their lives, you know, and here I kind of have taken that and been like, well, I want, I still want to have a positive impact people. I still want to change people's lives. But we also have to make money because that is a way to change people's lives, especially in business. Like if I can get people a higher pay, a promotion, if I can get people that are at a, you know, in a portion, a place in their life where they just want an opportunity to prove themselves. Like you think about Jeff, you think about yourself. You guys both started as interns at this company. And it's like for Jeff, he was doing something else but wanted an opportunity to work within gaming, to work at a company like AMG. So we brought him in as an intern and he worked his way up to full-time from intern to part-time to full-time. And along the way, you know, we've always been calling out, okay, here's our culture. Here's, you know, how we need you to, we want you to be confident. We want you to be this or that, or, you know, and it's helping people grow, which I've been able to carry with me. Um, And the last thing I would say, there's a million things I could talk about, but the last thing I'll say that is important is um, I don't live for credit and that's really difficult in this business because we live in a world of posting when you succeed or do something well. And it's like, but I just decided a long time ago, like I'm not going to live to get credit. Now credit is given to me um, from time to time. Like Anthony, thank you for doing this, doing that. And, you know, but I don't wake up every day. Like how can I get credit for this or credit for that? Um, I want to give credit to the team. And one of the greatest things I ever learned you know, doing ministry, but now I can carry it on to this is um, that I will take credit for mistakes and give credit for successes. And so it's like, 
if something happens on the sales team and I don't even really run the sales team anymore, um, I might step up in a senior leadership meeting and say like, well, you know, I could have done a better job or we could have done a better job as leaders of communicating this or that or whatever to the team. Um, and then if there's a success, I'm like, Brayden is amazing. Koozie is amazing. Dan is amazing. You know, Jeremy is amazing. And I'm giving credit, you know, to others because um, I've just always felt like, you know, and this is to my religious side, I have someone looking out for me and I don't have to worry about really like, I'm not going to get taken advantage of, like, I'm not gonna let that happen. But um, I don't, I don't need to pursue credit and be so worried about um, getting a tip of the hat to the many accomplishments and things that I've been able to do at AMG. I, I think that's something that I've truly had to learn this year, right, was, and I know you know this best for me, Anthony, because we've had those conversations. Um, yeah, that was definitely one of the hardest things for me to really get over is just who cares about the like at the end of the day <laughs> we're doing something to impact others such as our creators to let them keep doing what they're doing for a living right. and helping them create something for their families as well and with the charities and everything else that we do and at yeah. the end of the day that should be the only thing that counts and that is something that that took me very long to really get kind of hammering into me and a lot of conversations with with yourself and and others in the company but that's definitely something that i think yeah. more people should really uh really get a grasp on because it is true in this industry it's really tough not to care about what your peers are getting credit for it's really tough not getting credit in this industry because right. the gaming industry is all about that right you only yep. grow by people knowing what you're doing um, but yeah. I had to change that mindset where it's like, I, this is just not true, right? You're just, you just have to keep putting out the work. And as long as you're doing it at a very respectful level, but also doing it authentically, it's going to be noticed regardless if you see people talking about it or not. Uh, there's always people talking in the shadows. Um, yeah. so I, I really love that you, that you hit that point. Uh, and I kind of want to see what Jeff's mindset on that is as well because him and me are very similar on some cases when it comes to things like that um but yeah lo love that point that you that you put out there no bro i want all the credit in the world what are you talking about no oh i'm gosh. just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding uh, honestly honestly it's it's definitely one of those things that it's different avenues for different folks especially when it comes to a lot of this stuff right because to the point of what Anthony's saying, it's it, uh, sorry I, for calling you Anthony. It's it's weird for me. You're perfectly fine. <laughs> <That's my name. laughs> it's because I know you on the personal level. But no, to, to the avenue of what you're saying is that like I was similar to that, right? You in, in some aspects, you're building that resume of just like, hey, this is what I'm able to accomplish. This is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And this is how I'm able to to share that with others. I think there comes right. that aha moment in which case, whether it's a failure that you end up having that you're like, hey, like, rather than pointing the finger at everybody else, it's it's how can I also end up uh, making myself better? So I totally agree in the aspect of like, when you end up having to, when there is an issue, are you, was it something that you could have done individually? Or is it something that you could have done as, as a team, especially in the in gaming in itself? A lot of the times it does feel that it is an individual aspect, especially when you end up hearing about like, whether you're 
let's play League of Legends, for example, right? You're playing support, and then it's like, oh, I could only do so much of support. And then, and sure enough, that it's it's also just a team effort overall, right? It's how are you able to relay that and translate that so that you together as a team could be successful all the way around. And I think, again, yeah. it's that aha where it's like, I'm not in this by myself. It's I need you guys. I need I need sales to end up popping off. I need talent to end up popping off. I need anything and everything to end up executing what needs to be done at the end of the day. And I, I think that's where it comes. Even for content creators, it's the community culture that they build behind what they do. The so, enabled... Oh, go ahead. Well, what you're saying, Jeff, is really important. And it's one of those things that it's like one of the it's one of the first things every human should learn is that you cannot exist in this life without other humans. Now you could go off into the middle of the forest, like, you know, Buddha or, you know, John the Baptist or something, you know, or any religious leader that's gone off into the middle of the forest by themselves. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, if you end up having something you want to share, it's got to be shared through other people. If you have something, you know, like it, there's, always 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 a need for others and sometimes we overlook like i'm sitting at a desk right now that wasn't made by me and a chair that wasn't made by me and lights that were made by some other company and a camera a cell phone headphones like all these inventions and all these things and then i look at my calendar and there's 60 other people at amg that are absolutely necessary for us yeah. to deliver to our client and to our talent um, and to each other, you know, like people like Tacey, like having a care, like there's a lot of companies that that's like the first part of the budget they cut, you know, is caring for their, uh, for their clients, for their talent and for their staff, because it does get expensive as you grow, you know, but yeah. it is one of the lowest hanging of fruit when it comes to, um, you know, being a blessing to the people that work for you and that you work with is showing appreciation and it pays off in ways that are not necessarily ROI completely tangible. Like here's how much money we got by telling judo happy birthday in his discord chat, <laughs> you know, but it's like, um, it's like, there, there's not like a, a huge ROI on that, but yeah. it's something that I was talking actually to Monique about yesterday. It's like ROI isn't just financial, you know, ROI <laughs> is brand value. Like what does it do for our brand value? What does yeah. it do for show, showing our character? Um, yeah. And what does it do for our long-term <laughs> relationships with the people we work with? And that matters, you know? And so I, I think to your point, Jeff, like there are so many, and that's one part of our business, right? There's so many parts of our business. And often what happens in businesses is you don't have visibility to what other people do. And so you assume that they're doing less than you are. It's a weird, I don't like, I, I don't know where as humans we get this from, maybe from family, but it's like, you look at another department or another individual that you work with that you have no purview on what they do every day. And you just assume that they don't work as hard as you do. And it's, and it's just so not facts. It's one of those things that is very hard to learn to your point, koozie, which is why taking credit isn't uh, always necessary. Now I'm a 40 year old man. I've lived long enough of a life to where if I'm honest with you guys, if I stopped living right now, I have done a lot in my life. I have, I, you know, I was married for almost 20 years. I have three awesome kids that are, you know, 10, 12 and 14 um, that are awesome little gamers. Um, I had a full career pastoring. I had a full career at Starbucks as a store manager. Um, and I've had an awesome and amazing career in gaming. And I was a content creator for six years that was, you know, averaging over a thousand CCV on Twitch. Like my life has been great. And so it's kind of like, how do I... Like, what do I do next? And, you know, that's why I want to lead and I want to share 
principles like what you guys are allowing me to share today. Yeah. Um, Cause I think it's important. Yeah. I, you know, I hit that. I, I made a post the other day about that culture thing. And I know Jeff just brought it up as well, but, uh, and when it comes down to creators, I think it's one of the most important things is to really stay in touch and in yep. tune with the community that you've built. Um, and it's something that a lot of creators, when they get to a certain size, kind of just throw to the side because they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, I have a million followers. Who cares now? I'm getting the views, whatever the case. Uh, but at the end of the day, like <laughs> the community is what what got you there. Right. Like <laughs> the people that watch yep. you every day that that take time out of their day to get you know, indulge in, in your content and be able to help themselves re- escape from reality. Cause mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly what content is, right? I'm watching judo sloth to escape from reality and put myself in another position and see what he's doing and the content that he's putting out, et cetera. And, and others like, I, I just say judo cause he's in the call. Um, yeah, yeah. but getting in tune with your community has got to be something that's a priority for creators. Uh, and not mm-hmm. only creators, but for brands themselves. And I've been seeing that as of late with AMG, especially when we started building out our social team. Um, our community building has just gone just a hundred times. Yeah. Uh, and and we see it with Adrian and the team that he's been able to pretty much build out. And it's one of the most key and pivotal type of positions that you can be in is be able to know who the people you're serving. Um, right. And I just love what AMG is doing with that, with the community we have and the community from PUBG that gets brought and the Supercell stuff and, you know, creators that we're starting to get outside of mobile as well. Uh, and it's something that creators should really, and even at your own job, you don't even have to be a creator. You could literally be doing IT work. It's something you have to be taken in contact because it's like, no matter what you do, you're going to be in contact with other people. And yeah. how you treat those people is going to dictate where you go further. Uh, so it's definitely something that's very important. And I love that you both brought that the word culture up because uh, it's <laughs> that should be one of the most important things for any business. Yeah, I think. <clears throat> go ahead, Jeff. Uh, I was just going to say it's 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 like that cheesy saying where it's like you know just every time you end up walking by somebody, make sure you give them a smile because you never know who needed that for that day, right? Like, mm, yeah. essentially, what it is is like. You're the one that's making the, the decision to walk into that office, whether it's remote, whether it's physical, whether you walk into the store or whatever. And it's like you're the one that's developing that culture. If you're doing content creation, you're the one that's saying like, hey, community, this is what I want you guys to support and support me along the way too." like. And I think it's you have the voice that is the one that you want to say it loud and clear from the get go. It's like, hey, what am I actually doing and what do I want to represent? And it's like, hey, do I want to end up being in PUBG? Do I want to end up being in supercell games do i want to end up being in like in real life content and it's how are you able to translate that over to other individuals that you're spreading the positivity across the board because you never know who that person was that needed that smile at the end of the day you know yeah that's true i mean culture is is i i said it before it is one of the most ambiguous terms in business and a lot of businesses just decide to um to not focus on it because it it is difficult (laughs) um (laughs) it it is it is just difficult to 
talk about culture because it is one of those words that is like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, yeah, we have a good culture. Okay, so what does it mean when you say you have a good culture? You know, and then you define it. But something that Bill Gates actually posted on LinkedIn yesterday um, that was, and I want to make sure I quote it right. He said, your most unhappy customers are your greatest source of learning. And I shared it with my own comment that said, this is equally true for teams. Your unhappy employees can teach you a lot about your business. But most businesses, when people are unhappy, it usually comes back to uh, it being about that person just not being unhappy. And we find reasons to say that it's not about the company or the environment we've created. It's that person. And what I love about AMG is that we've created such an amazing and infectious culture here. I believe people have joined this company that are culturally different, but they it's undeniable and it's contagious. And so you just get caught up in it, you know, and you don't even notice how happy you are at work. And we've heard person after person after person, you know, most recently, like Randall saying like, you know, you guys said all this stuff about how great the culture was and, you know, like, but he was literally telling his wife that he is shocked that it's really this way. Jeremy from the sales team, same thing, like shocked that it is this way. And we have so many people and Jeff, you used to do this that work two jobs because they want to stay working at AMG because the culture is so good. And it's like, and that's not by default. It's not an accident. It's an intentional culture that we not only have built, but when we do have disagreements at a high level in the company, um, we usually side with what's going to maintain this culture. And that means sometimes not hiring people that might be like exceptionally qualified from a skills perspective, but not qualified to fit our culture. And so it's, it, I believe that it's that important. And I believe that especially in a remote work environment where we're reading social cues and we're reading what people are typing and trying to determine how they feel about us or our work, uh, having a good culture and a clear culture um, that lines up with your values as a company is really important. Could I have said it better? Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's yeah, that's pure facts. Um, so I want to I want to bring it down to a more lighter note. So you recently went yeah, to yeah. PAX. Uh, oh, yeah. What was your key moment there that you were just like, oh, I love what I do? Outside of outside of taking your kids, because I saw you went to the Splatoon three booth as well. Oh yeah, two so, and three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was pretty cool because the game, regardless, is awesome. But I'm pretty sure your kids were ecstatic uh, when it came to that. But what was too. something outside of that that you were just like, "Wow, this is, this is definitely you, a, a moment where I'm just like, I'm extremely happy and grateful to be in this industry." It's so funny to say this, man, because I can pick out every day that I was there, everything I did. Yeah. Um, I'll say this, and I, I won't name drop the company, but a very, 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 very major well-known brand. Every single person on this call, if I named it, and it was a platform, you know, if I named the platform, you'd be like, oh, yeah, duh. You yeah. Know? Um, but I got in a call with them the week before, and I was able to get them to take us to dinner. Um, and it was like me and three other of our, <laughs> of uh, three of my coworkers across the company in PUBG Mobile and in accounts and in biz develop business development. And we all just had fun. We sat there and we hung out. Um, and, you know, one of my best moments also was uh, Dan and Matt, um, two of our company leaders were there and I got to take them on a tour of Seattle. You know, it was like huh. uh, Dan was so excited to see the throwing of the fish 
and the first Starbucks. And I took him to the gum wall, which is like this entire street that's like both sides of it is literally just walls of gum that people have chewed up, brought there and stuck on the wall. Um, that's kind of your safety hazard. To, yeah, it's yeah, kind of disgusting. I mean, yeah. Yeah, especially <laughs> during COVID, like, you know, like yeah. kind of crazy. But Dan was like a kid in a candy store. We were walking and he goes, dude, we made it. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I feel like I've seen everything. Like I could go home today and feel like I've seen Seattle, you know? And so it was such a, it was such an amazing like opportunity to host a little bit. Um, but yeah. also just walking around packs and seeing someone like paradox, for example, that yeah. started by just making computers for cod pros and had a like 20 by 20, probably bigger than that booth with a floating sign from the ceiling where he's got setups where people are playing 2v2. And then he's got people from the nuke squad that are in phase showing up and playing in a 2v2 tournament at his booth. And then being able to sit there and talk to him and, 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 and because we knew each other from Twitter and we'd never met in person. And it's like, it's so cool to be able to do that. And those are always in every event I go to, those are my biggest highlights is like meeting people that I've known for 10 years that I've never met in my life but we've talked back and forth a lot socially you know it's like i just really uh value those moments and like walking past the aim lab booth and being like hey i actually met with someone from your company and we all had masks on so i didn't recognize anybody and the guy's like yeah that was me you know and so it was oh like, really oh. it was him oh that's <laughs> yeah so was like, cool and so we ended up talking for 20 30 minutes then i came back the next day then talked to him longer and we're meeting this week and it's just like those kind of like moments and going to the brawl stars and seeing the tribe guys and getting to meet cody the social guy from tribe i only see him online and getting to like dap him up and say what's up and talk to kaner like the coach and you know of the team and like it was just really yeah. like those are the moments for me that matter is when i'm like able to dap someone up or shake hands with somebody um, and then, you know, you have those random moments where people don't realize that, you know, the industry and they have conversations with you at different booths and you're able to be like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, we actually work with you guys. It's like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> those I, are the I, best moments. I'm a little jealous cause I didn't realize it was that person that you met. I thought it was just someone else from the company, but that's extremely awesome that it was someone yeah, that we've actually dope. met already. Um, yeah, it was dope. yeah, I, I, I love that. I haven't been able to do the conventions yet. Hopefully next year I'll be able to go to all of them. But um, it is something where I look up to. It's like I want to meet my clients that I work with every day, right? Like, right. And the creators that we help uh, every single day and, and all that stuff. And these conventions were such a big piece in this community. And COVID took that away for so long that now that it's back, I feel like the energy around it is just so much different than a convention before COVID. Is that is that something that you kind of felt as well? Sorry, man. I just got this email. You're good. <laughs> you want me to repeat it? No. Oh, yeah, it's, well, it's the 18 tickets, man. That's just bananas that I actually just won 18 tickets to. Are they giving you free food too or not? I'm getting the entire box to my family. Oh, so you get all the buffets. Oh, my gosh. That's so lucky. Dude, that is mind-blowing. <laughs> you get the whole buffet. What a birthday present. And see, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about, though. When I say, like, I don't need credit because stuff like this happens to me all the time. You know, like, and being able to get these random, 
you know, like when I went to Champs and one of the players' moms gave me a VIP pass, then I was able to go up and see all of my friends, like everybody that I hadn't seen in, I mean, Hitch I'd met in in real life like six years ago, and I was able yeah. to see him and, and all the TST guys. But anyway, sorry, I that, that email <laughs> came in and I just was freaking out. Like, wow, this is, this is legitimately like happening. Like, I thought it was a troll or something, you know, like fake giveaway or something like that sorry for derailing go ahead uh, ask your question because <laughs> you do, do, is it so fresh or i got a new one too so it's up to you oh uh, let me i want to ask it again because i i really want to get his thoughts on it like <laughs> yeah so there has there been a different energy when you go to conventions now than before pre-covid Ooh. um I would say it's returned for the most part to what it was pre-COVID. I actually, during COVID, I didn't go to events. Like, you know, PAX West last year, I went and met, like, Monique, Tacey, Lance, Lindsay, and Lance's wife for, I hope I'm not leaving anybody out of that group. I think that's it. Uh, For a breakfast. And that was it. Like, I just, I didn't go to PAX West. I didn't actually attend the event. You know, I had... Um, my kids, my girlfriend's kids, like, I just didn't want to put anybody at risk and none of us had had COVID, you know? So I was like, well, why get it now? So I, and then of course I go to PAX East this year and get COVID for the first time (laughs) (laughs) from, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but you know, um, he works in sales. (laughs) Um, and so I think like, I I think it's returned to what it once was to all the glory and like going to champs was really like full stadium, you know, full crowd, people all over the place. Uh, PAX was, I mean, goodness gracious, the number of people was ridiculous in Seattle. Um, and I think it's returned. I think every, the only difference is like with the masks, you really, it's harder to recognize people. I'll be honest. Like I saw somebody walk past me and I was like, I don't know if that's one of our talent, but it might be. <laughs> and I didn't want to like say their name and call it out and it not be them, you know, but I was like, and it, I thought it was Zute, to be blatantly honest with you. Like, I thought Zute walked right past me. And I couldn't tell because the person had a mask on their face, you know? And it, so it's like the mask thing has made it, it's really different. You know, when I was at Champs and we were outside, like Kenny walked past. And um, I was with somebody that knew him and said hello and said, what's up? Like, when I saw Classify, I knew that it was classy because he didn't have a mask on. Like, the whole mask thing does make a difference in recognizing people. Um but outside of that, I it, I feel like events have returned to all of their previous glory, and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Um, I did have somebody like I'm only doing elbows, you know, I'm not touching hands, and so yeah. <laughs> all right, Anthony. Uh, coming fresh off of the PAX events, uh, I want to get your opinion on what the direction of gaming and or esports is going, in your opinion. That is a very big and broad question. <laughs> um, I believe that gaming is, in general, is going to continue to grow. Um, but I also believe it's going to get more and more realistic. I think that, you know, we're still in a place where you can become well-known overnight. Like, you literally can become, I mean, we're signing people with small channels, but their viewership is insane, you know, because uh less people subscribe these days on youtube like you got to do a lot of work to get people to subscribe on youtube just like twitter like growing a twitter following everyone that i know like we have talent with over a million 
subscribers and 700 followers on Twitter. You know, so it's like, so we have, we actually have talent that don't even have Twitter that have, that have 200,000 plus people watching every video. And so it's like, I think that gaming is going to become more realistic. And when I say that, I mean, um, I do believe, and I won't say too much because, you know, I think our company could help, but I think that, I think young people are going to be armed with like, okay, we've now been doing this content thing for 15 plus years. Here's what we've learned. Here's how to protect your mental health. Here's how to protect your time and come up with a work-life balance. Here's how to be realistic and not like not have a job, quit your job. Don't go to college. Like, like there's a lot, there's a whole generation of people that in order to try to do content creation have passed up other opportunities in life. And COVID of course gave birth to an entire crop of people coming into the space. And so I think it's going to get more realistic. I think kids are going to get um, the tools that they need to, to, arm parents with the information they need uh, to let their kids go into the space and, but do it in a safe way. Um, and so I think it's not just going to be this, like, I just want to stream. I just want to stream. I just want to stream. And, you know, they're going to know about the criticism that they're going to receive and they're going to maybe be armed for it or armed with tools to ban people, block people. Um, maybe there will be a kid version of streaming where there will be like a, you know, maybe Twitch will create an 18 and under environment where just like YouTube has, you know, um, and streaming can turn into like, well, I only stream for kids. You know, like when you make a YouTube video, you say this content is made for or not made for kids. Well, maybe, you know, have streams that are literally just there for children. And I know they exist, but on the gaming side, not really, you know? And so I do think that there's going to be, um, that it's going to continue to grow. It is one of the greatest vehicles for marketing right now. Um, and is going to, because it's so targeted and is going to continue to grow, you know, like um, the NFL is partnering with Tim the Tatman and Nick Merckx and others, you know, and it's like, you're going to see more of that. The NBA is going to start partnering with, with creators. And um, I think you're going to see more of mainstream non-endemic companies uh, coming into gaming and saying, I can target my marketing to people that I know are likely to use my product because they watch this creator that uses my product. I mean, yeah. and IRL streams are also going to become the norm. I, I feel like people sitting with their phone or a camera pointing at them while they do normal tasks, like just live, is going almost like Big Brother is because it's like real world without having to pay for a whole production studio. You know, yeah. you just stick it, stick some cameras around your house. I mean, and just walk around and then edit it every day. I mean, and I had a series that I started to do on my channel. It was called The Hogan Boys, named after my kids. It actually was one of the funnest things I've ever done. Um, and I used to make an everyday stream, an everyday vlog. I did it for like 17 days in a row. Um, got a lot of viewership and compliments and comments and all that. And it was like, I, I feel like that IRL type of stuff is going to um, become more and more and more popular. And resources for parents are going to be absolutely necessary. Yeah, you, you know, you see it every day, right, with the just chatting category. It's they're literally not, not doing anything but either sitting down and just talking to their own chat or doing day to day things and bringing right. chat along. Right. Like one of the biggest creators right now, uh, Kai Senna um, from AMP, a very large content group, yeah. has been just completely blowing up and he's mainly just chatting. Uh, he has what you said, cameras around the house. They do like little pranks. But instead of having it in a video form, he does it on stream and it becomes 
so much more surreal and organic for his audience that he's just been blowing up. He's getting 60K subs. He's hit it at least four times this this month alone, I think, uh, and is about to hit 70K subs, so close to passing XQC. Um, and there's another point is the diversity of creators coming in, right? Uh, Kai is – the people over at AMP and, and other places aren't your typical streamer. Uh, you're seeing it with Valkyrie, you're seeing it with Fusli, you're seeing it with all these others. The diversity of allowing content creators to not just be the same norm um, is opening up the doors for so many other people, especially people from areas that you would have never thought would want to get into content creation. As example, like destroying with FaZe, um, you, you would have never thought he, <laughs> he would be at that that pivotal piece of, of where he's at right now. The one of the faces of phase, one of the faces of content creation when it comes to partnering up with the NFL, et cetera. Uh, and I think that's a big piece. And I want to really get your thoughts on uh, what do you think about the diversity in the space right now? And how can we fix that? Because there's still so <laughs> many flaws in it. Um, and I don't want to yeah. get too crazy into it because I know. I it, know. Yeah. Uh, but what, what do you ahead. think about the diversity in the industry right now? And how can the industry change their route to being able to be more open wow um the industry continues to become more and more and more diverse and but you still see clusters of certain cultures you know there's like uh there are women only events and leagues and agencies even you know and then there are black owned orgs that have mostly you know black creators and there are LGBTQIA plus uh, orgs, collectives of creators, like all of these different groupings of people are um, basically doing what our country has done, which is like certain groups are not integrating because it's, it's like, it's easier to be around people that know me, that get me and all that kind of stuff. And I won't be, I won't feel left out. Um, it, honestly, the industry in order to make room for it like at one of my jobs in the industry i was the only black person at my job until i helped encourage the hire of another one and it was like but i didn't sit there and you know it wasn't something i complained about all the time you know it wasn't like i saw it as like oh i don't feel comfortable in this company because there's no other black people you know it's so i i think it's one of those things where those of us like you know yourself myself and others um need to continue to push forward but then you pull others along and you welcome other people and you make sure that you, I mean, in a way, the same way that you would look out for your friends, your family, things like that. You know, you look out for people that you know and that are a part of your culture that you understand and um, you kind of get their back when necessary. I do think that the, uh, the collectives are necessary, but the biggest thing that's going to help is over time, as our industry continues to grow, individuals from, because gaming is not, for certain communities, it's just not historically uh, accepted, I'll say. And so I think we have to um, create some intentional avenues for conversation, for discussion, you know, without it feeling weird where we get to know, like, how people feel in, their, in an environment. Are there any, you know, like my girlfriend works, I won't say what company she works for, but it's a major um, telecommunications company. And she works in DE&I, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And basically her job and her team's job is to... Uh, figure out ways to make the company accessible to as many different types of people as possible, blind people, deaf people, 
um, gay, straight, black, white, you know, Mexican, like every type of person that there might be that is going to come into the company. How can we make them feel heard, seen and valued? And that's not easy. That is a very I mean, they had to create an entire department for it. And it is a very difficult task. Um, but companies that can't afford a DE&I department have to have people that care enough about it to keep it on front of mind, to talk about it and to say, hey, just want to say, I don't know if we're including the women in, in an idea like this. I don't know if we're thinking about that. I don't I don't know if we're I don't know if we're thinking about um, uh, people in other countries when we do certain things, you know, like when we're launching, um, you know, benefits or savings and all this kind of stuff, like it's not as easy as just like, oh, you can just do it. I mean, we have people in 11 countries around the world at our company um, and that's becoming more and more every day. So it's like, how do you, how do we uh, make sure that we're offering everybody things that's comparable to where they live and where they're from? And that's not always easy, but as long as you have someone, you know, like Lindsay, who's going to look to try to find a way and help, um, to get people what they want and what they need um, to feel included. Uh, I think that we'll continue to make progress. It isn't, it's the same thing designer default. You can't just hope that your company is gonna be diverse. You actually have to think about it and look at your numbers and go, okay, we're not diverse. And that's not obviously on purpose. We didn't just go hire a certain type of people. Um, we actually just hired good people that we knew, but what we didn't notice is that the people we don't know um, you know, maybe when our talent or maybe our clients um, are going to, you know, see our company and see our staff and be like, oh, I don't see myself. I don't see, you know, someone who understands me as a talent or, or a person. And it's important. You know, it is important that we have that we intentionally review our company and review how diverse we are and then figure out ways to make our company opening and welcoming to different types of people. Well said. I want, <clears throat> sorry, well said. I did want to end up opening the floor as well to anybody listening in who would want to end up having any questions. So, Mr. Kingdom Soldier, any one of us, um, all you got to do is go ahead and request. We are going to be hitting the one hour mark shortly. And I do believe Anthony is going to have to head out pretty soon. So, make sure you submit a request if you want to end up asking any questions. Um, yeah, I mean, by all means, I think diversity is definitely one of those things that is a very important thing. It's, it's, it's always tough, and I think that's that's where we do end up having a good, feel safe and approachable open door policy. I, I think it's that's one of the things. Also, again, circling back on the culture side of things of AMG is, I always feel that I'm always able to end up approaching any one of the leaders to be able to end up asking about X, Y, and Z, whether it is culture-based, whether it is just company-based, whether it is individual-based. I, I think that's always just one of those important aspects. Um, and I think that's also hard to end up seeing from other individuals. Uh, not individuals, sorry, I take that back. Other companies, my bad. Um, like I said, even from before, when my previous empl employer, like that policy, while they always ended up saying it, it was never really felt upon if that makes sense and again i worked for a jersey hat company that very felt very cultural in certain ways but being from the west coast it was definitely a west versus east type of thing and that's where it was just like what is the company message and what is the culture behind that and that was always the part for me that it just never was clear 
And I think that's one amazing thing that AMG does. They end up uh, yeah expressing that and just being clear about like, hey, this is how we want to be represented. This is how we hope you guys represent us. And then also relay that message on to other individuals across social medias and so forth. So for sure. Love that. Um, Koozie, any other questions, bro? Uh, yeah, it was just a really fun episode. I really, uh, I don't know, dude. I feel like you took up all my, all my slot, dude. I could have, but I could have also done the same. I mean, by any means, dude, like we could have gone back and forth. I have so many history stories with Anthony as well. So it's one of those things that it's, you love hearing it from other perspectives. Um, yeah. So, I mean, again, I've been fortunate enough to end up knowing Mr. Kingdom Soldier back in the mobile gaming days as well with Guns of Boom and playing with him and all that. COD Mobile. COD Mobile. COD Mobile. Yeah, making we, we making some content. Yeah, making some content <laughs> side by sides and all that, even though you let me die a few times. But we're not, that's neither here or there. <laughs> how cool Even is that there's though? a revive buddy and i'm like, just saying dude there's a revive i mean yes i i actually <laughs> i watched the replay of that because i haven't saved uh quite often. but you would have um, saved. <laughs> yeah how cool is it though that like honestly you and i used to just play games together we met at a LAN event and you drove me around and we went to uh, i think we went to a bar together and hung out and then years and years later we end up working together like it's so cool man this industry yeah. is like I really, that's one of my favorite parts I'll say is that of all the jobs I've had, um, you know, I recommended my replacement at G Fuel, but I didn't, nobody else got hired because I said they should be a partnerships manager. Um, but at AMG, I've like legitimately been able to, like my producer from my my podcast that I used to do now works in our production department. And um, one of the per- persons that managed one of the orgs that I managed at G Fuel now works here. And it's just like to see all these people that i've cared about over the years and i've interacted with like actually come work here and do good things it's it's freaking amazing man it's yeah. just so impressive i think you i think you also hit the nail on the head especially earlier in the in in the space where you just ended up saying you attract the people around you and it's like when you're able to end up having being able to kind of preach the same culture that you want around you say preach the same information that you want not the information, I guess the just the people around you in itself. Be, having like-minded individuals, you're going to end up thriving. You're going to end up being able to push one another to be the best person of yourself. And I think that's a, that's what a lot of people gravitate, especially with you, Anthony. I think you have a great leadership presence. I think you do great in just being re, being able to relay the message as a whole. I, I mean, and that's one thing I, I truly do that. appreciate from you as well. I appreciate that, man. And, you know, I will... I'll add this to the fray, um, you know, for both of you guys, because I love you guys and have worked with you for quite a while. You know, I've known you longer, Jeff, but Koozie, I've worked with you since the moment I came to this company. And you've always impressed me with your ability to flex um, in and out of different situations and, you know, requests. And you're a grinder um, by nature, but you're it's weird. You're a grinder by nature, but you're also um you are one of the most down-to-earth people that I have ever met in this industry. And I would tell both of you guys, like, don't sell yourself short. Like, you guys are leaders in this industry. You might not have the Twitter following to back it up, but that doesn't mean you're not a leader in the industry. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys um, both are pushing the envelope. Koozie, the people that you have gotten to be even beyond this space, on this Twitter space, um, have been insanely impressive, you know, and... Um, I see your tweets. I see what you do on LinkedIn. 
And um, Jeff, the way that you handle talent and the and the growth that's happened for you um, and the way that you I've seen some of your actual communications and the compliments you get from talent on how you handle their situations um, is impressive, man. Like you guys like you guys are doing something really cool here on this Twitter space. But this is just, you know, it's hard to grow socially these days. It's hard to extend your reach and all that kind of stuff. Um, but don't sell yourself short. You guys are um, both um, leaders in this industry and you have a lot to share. And, and I'm, I like your Twitter space because like on mine, I mostly interview because otherwise I'll get caught talking like this and take up all the time because I'm <laughs> long winded. <laughs> but on your guys's Twitter space, I hear a lot from you. I hear from you, Jeff. I hear your opinion. I hear your feedback. And I hear from you, Koozie. Like you guys respond to your guests and say, you know, you'll be like, you're right. And this is why. And so I really think like what you like, just take note of the things that you actually share without even thinking about it. Like you guys are both just like, you're awesome. And I'm, I'm really glad to be on the same team as you guys. <laughs> appreciate that, man. Absolutely appreciate that. You're going to make Jeff cry. So <laughs> yeah, deep down inside. I'm, 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 I'm crying already, dude. But you also ended, oh, we do have a question. So we'll go ahead and bring you up right before we end up wrapping up this. Twist. Yeah, I'm good. Um, so at k.a, you should be able to speak. All you got to do is uh, go ahead and unmute. Uh, feel free to ask your question. Oh, how are you guys? Doing well. How are you? Pretty good. I'm fine. I'm from France. I've been following you guys. Uh, you do an amazing job. I said before. Uh, by Kingdom, I can't go higher than that. And uh, oh, then what, what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm asking you was uh, my question was really simple. What's your future plans uh, towards uh, the industry and towards uh, gaming, to be exact, more or less? Say that one more time. I mean, what's your future plans? I um, mean, that you see that are going to be oh, okay, gotcha. towards the industries. Yeah. Um, honestly, and I've already told you know our bosses this. Um, <laughs> I am a driven individual. Um, I get bored in a healthy way. Uh, quick, I'm a builder. You know, and that's what I've done at AMG is I've built teams, departments, and then I've walked away from them. Like social media, I used to run our Twitter and. I used to run our, you know, help, I'll say, run our talent team with Monique. And I used to run our sales team. And, like, I currently run our legal team. And eventually I see myself not doing that. Um, I want to continue to build. Um, there's other business verticals that we haven't announced that I'm working on behind the scenes. And I want to continue to build. I want to be a builder in the space. Um, I do want to public speak again, um, you know, and go to panels and, and do discussions. Um, I've done... Um, large scale speaking where I was speaking to over 3000 people. And then I've done small where it's a hundred people. And I've probably done that over 400 times in my life, you know, during that 20 years when I was doing pastoring, but I spoke to schools, I spoke to um, homeschooled kids and parents and about gaming and things like that. And um, I want to speak more. I feel at home standing in front of a crowd of people. Like if you put me in a stadium and said, Hey, you know, we want you to do a, you know, we want you to talk about, anything, any topic, you know, leadership to these 20,000 people, I would be very comfortable doing that. Um, and that is something that I've been to three events this year so far. I'm going to TwitchCon as well. Um, and so I'm, I'm back in the scene of, of going to events and being in person. 
eventually I do want to be on panels and I want to do keynote speeches and stuff like that because I'm a, I'm a trained speaker, you know? And so um, I'm excited to share everything I've learned in the space. Um, I probably also want to be a thought leader on culture and scaling culture, which is something that is really difficult. Like as you grow, maintaining the culture you had when you started, um, I might write a book about it. I who knows, you know, I want to be a thought leader in the space in that. Um, and I want to continue to grow. I want to own stuff. You know, um, I want to start my own businesses on the side and stuff like that. I don't want to leave AMG. I love what I get to do at AMG and being a part of the leadership team. And they, my bosses allow me to have a different job title every three months because, you know, I build stuff, I elevate other people to lead it. And then I step aside. Um, and, you know, I, I just want to continue to push the envelope and I do want to help create better leaders for the gaming space. Um, our, our industry is growing too fast for the number of leaders to keep up. You know, you're seeing people that are just good gamers and then they end up becoming leaders in, in, at jobs and they don't know how they've never had a professional job. They've never had, like, they've never given feedback to somebody that was getting paid to work for them. And that's different than giving feedback to a mod in your chat or something, you know? And so it's a learning process and I want to be involved in helping to teach those principles. And then lastly, I definitely want to be a leader, a thought leader and involved in providing resources for the next generation of gamers that are going to help them game in a healthy and protective way. Oh, that's very, that's very, very, very nice, by the way. I wish you all the luck and uh, Thank the you, best to, do, to get to that. And I think that's a, that's an addition it's a plus to what you can your capabilities are by giving that much out to the people. You know, you receive it back. Absolutely, can. yeah, that's a good way to say that, man. Yeah, and for me, I'm, I would keep it simple. I would say, if you ever watch Ballers, I want to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, I love that show. No, love <laughs> Jesus Christ, you don't even have <laughs> the same height. Yeah, wow. no, but I'm just kidding. Honestly, honestly, I do want to end up being an expert personally in the in the whole talent management space. I do want to end up helping individuals grow their brands. I do want to end up helping uh, just talent and overall in general, just have being able to build those relationships and see where we could end up taking the world, whether it's um, making them the best creators that they can be, whether it's building those community uh, those communities as a whole. I think that's definitely something uh, that the space can be lacking. And yeah, I mean, yeah. that's my short-winded answer on that side. You know, how about you, Koozie? Uh, uh, this is a very tough question, right? Like that's, mm. uh, for me, I would just say, I just want to make an impact in people's lives for the better. Um, you know, with the, the charity initiatives that um, myself and Tacey kind of took under our wing and went with and. Uh, being able to help out people and help their legacies uh, change for the better is all I want um, at the end of the day. Uh, so my end goal is having a nonprofit or a part of AMG where we go out to these schools and underprivileged areas and we help and teach kids about gaming and the gaming industry and how to get into it properly and uh, give them equipment that can put them to the right route and and stuff like that. Like that's the end goal. Um, but on the way, learning and and being able to see how we can make an impact is the best part of the job, right? Like Absolutely. the the preparation so, and the path towards the end is the most 
is the best, most impactful thing you'll have than the end goal. So uh, that's yeah. Did that's you, pretty much. Did you mention? Yeah, it's pretty much just, but, to be uh, known, Kuzi. What? What? Did what? what I was thinking more? about it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go, no, ahead. go ahead. No, I apologize. Did you, did you mention uh, wanting to be known? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of. Um... There's, that's not a problem, dude. Like you, I don't think it's wrong for you to say I want to be more known I, in this industry. Yeah, like, bro, I, we could I, be ballers. We'll be. I kind we'll, of we'll... changed that mindset as of late, Anthony. Like, oh, really? At the end of the day, it's you know we all, and I don't want to get too dark, but at the end of the day, we all leave this beautiful earth. Uh, and as long as I can leave it with making an impact with other people's lives, I don't mm. care if someone knows me or not. Like I do wow. it with the teachers every single month. I've been yeah. doing it since January when I started it, giving, you know, giving back to teachers and I haven't missed a beat of it. And I can care less if they say thank you or the kids know who did it or whatever it is. Right. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if I can eat, if I have a house under my, my head, I mean, a right. roof under my head and, and, or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> and you know, just I have fun with it, bro. Live yeah. life. Then that's all I need. Right. Like that's, yeah. As long as I can make the impact and help others get out, uh, that's 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 the end goal. Yeah, good for you, man. Yeah, I, I think that's a GG's that that's changed. I'll just say I want you to be more known, so I'm gonna because I think <laughs> you're. For, but, but basically, for what you just said, like you you should have a voice, dude. Like other people should hear you say that. What you just said, like that is so <laughs> the roof under my head. Like, <laughs> that well no but that's why it's important is that like you talking about like i don't care about being known those are the best people to be known it's people that don't care about it that aren't looking for it or chasing it they're just trying to do good by other people like that's what's worth being out there in my opinion yeah. so Absolutely. i will continue to work to come up with different ways and avenues um to help more people hear from you know koozie ka did you have another part two question yeah, it was no. It was just thinking about uh, the general idea that uh, what just now what you were talking about, especially uh, great men are usually not known. They're usually mm. under the table, and they get to be the people you know, dark force. Nobody knows them. Yeah, Make you don't need to be silent. famous. You don't need to be famous. That's what I'm telling. To be able to make a difference. Exactly. And again, and what, we, we mentioned it, especially in previous episodes. Um, if you guys haven't checked those out, make sure you head on over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You could catch those. But I mean, oft, oftentimes we end up saying it's it's one of those things of when what are you able to do for others? And as Kuzi likes to say, oftentimes it's everyone eats at this table. So if you're sitting at the table with us, everyone's going to eat. Hey, you know yeah, what? yeah, that's what. That was what I was about to say also about it. It's like we can think about it as a, I would call it a soccer camp and your team is the word. Yep. That's what I was saying. Absolutely. Thank you so much and, for your question. We appreciate and thank it. you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Definitely. And appreciate uh yeah so let's go ahead and wrap it up we did yep. end up going a little bit over the time but it's all good we love that <laughs> aspect absolutely um so once again i know i was probably sound like a broken record but if you guys haven't done so already it's just the, the spiel that i practice most of the time so head on over to spotify or apple podcasts check out amg spaces where you could find previous episodes of amg's bridging the gap or social hour 
hosted by yours truly, Mr. Format, Koozie, as well as Anthony Kingdom Soldier. Um, for everybody Yo. who has tuned in, appreciate you guys checking us out. And absolutely, thank you so much to Mr. Bossman, Kingdom Soldier, for um, yes, being our guest this my, week. As we go out on my space tomorrow, 2.30 uh, p.m. Uh, Pacific time, um, I'm actually having my mom as my guest. Nice. That's huge amazing. episode. Huge yeah. episode. I cannot yeah. wait. Really? Mama sold May I ask right. a question on that uh, on the yeah, of uh, episode? Because of course, <laughs> all right, as we're going to embarrass Anthony tomorrow. Bald. I was going to say, like, as long as it's not about me being bald. Yes. So <laughs> does Anthony still pee in his bed? Or? <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, if you guys haven't done so already, make sure you hit that follow button, share it with all your friends, and we all hope to to for you guys to yep. tune in in two weeks from now for ours. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to Anthony's episode, and please.